it's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO podcast. OH! IO, and welcome back to the OHIO podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs. That man over there is a wild man, Chris Wilds. That man over there is Sergeant MVP and Alpha Dog Aaron Brown, as we learned on last week's live show. And if you're not, and he's still got the sign. Look at that. <laughs> if you're not watching our live shows on Sunday night, you're doing it wrong, man. Eight o'clock Eastern on YouTube, Facebook, and on Rumble now. You can check us out on any one of those platforms. Eight o'clock Eastern. Come and be a part of our live show every Sunday night. Join in with the chat, ask questions, participate. It's a lot of fun. We'd love to have you with us. All right. We are the official podcast of Fansided Scarlet and Game, Ohio State site. Go on there, scarletandgame.com. Check out articles written by myself, yours truly, and other great writers all about Ohio State and even scandals that are happening around the Big Ten, such as what's going on in Ann Arbor, Michigan at this time. We are also the official Ohio State football podcast of Big Banter Sports. Go over to BigBanterSports.com. Check out all the great podcasts that they have there. They have now, I believe, 14 podcasts for all the basketball teams in the Big Ten as well. And they are beginning to gear up for the basketball season. So if you are into that, we have all that great football content. And we're going to have great basketball content as well over on Big Banter Sports. If you're watching this on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up, like, share, subscribe. We really do appreciate it. If you're listening to the audio version, a five-star review would be much appreciated. We do appreciate that very much. And uh, that'll get the uh, audio content into the earbuds of other great Ohio State fans as well. Guys, Ohio State goes on the road this week. This is a game that Chris and I, when we were previewing it back in the summer, we had circled on the schedule as a game that could be an issue for Ohio State. Going on the road and what we anticipated would be a night game in Camp Randall. We were right about that. Seems like the the last game, Saturday night game in October, all it seems like it's always a night game, no matter whether it's home or on the road, happens to be in Camp Randall. Guys, this is the first time... Ryan Day and Ohio State is making that trip to Camp Randall with oh, Ryan Day as the head coach. Last time we went there, seven years ago. Can you believe that? Wow. Seven years ago was the last time we were at Camp Randall. Urban Meyer was the head coach then, and Ryan Day was not even in the uh, offensive coordinator yet on that team. 
So, none of these Buckeyes have been there, and none of the coaching staff has been there except for LJ Larry Johnson. And Brian Hartline as a player, not as a coach. I'm trying to think anybody else that we are missing. That might be it. That Lornitis. 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 James Lornitis, yes. But he's not he's not officially a coach yet, guys. He's still only <clears throat> linebackers coach, but he's not one of the eleven yet who can go and travel and, and do all those things when in recruiting. So but good mm. point. All right, let's jump into this first tonight, guys. Let's get going here so that you are all on the same page for this weekend. This Saturday's game is on NBC at 7.30 p.m., so another game on NBC. Um, They're not my favorite, but they're not the worst either, so I'm pretty appreciative of that. Let's look at this thing from a uh, historical perspective by the numbers. Ohio State leads the all-time series, 62 wins to only 18 defeats and five ties. Ohio State has won the last nine in a row against Bucky Badger. Last loss to Wisconsin was in 2010. That was a 31-18 defeat. That was a Trestle team. Last meeting was last year in 2022. Ohio State won that 52-21 in the shoe. Last time we went to Madison was in 2016. Buckeyes came away with a 30-23 victory. Largest margin of victory was in 1979, 59-to-zip. Largest, largest margin of defeat was actually in 1999, 42-to-17. Ouch, John. Cooper. Largest, uh, our Ohio State's longest win streak over Wisconsin. You think nine's pretty good. How about 21 straight from 1960 to 1980? Woody Hayes, Earl Bruce there. Wisconsin's longest win streak over Ohio State. Well, that's three. That came in 1913 to 1915. Ryan Day's record against Wisconsin is 3-0. and uh, That home game last year, as well as a, a couple of uh, Big Ten championship games. Luke Fickle's record against Ohio State is 0-1, and, and that came when he was head coach of the Cincinnati Bear Kittens. Looking at the last 10 games, again, Ohio State has won nine in a row there. There's a 59-0 2014 uh, Big Ten Championship game that we all love and talk about. Also, there's another one in 2017. 27-21, Ohio State won that Big Ten Championship. And then again in 2019, 34-21 Buckeyes for the Big Ten Championship. Uh, 2012, that was the last time. Uh, that was a trip to Madison. 21-14 win there. And again, in 2016, you had a 30-23 to win there. So last three trips to Madison, which would also include the 2010 trip, when which Wisconsin won 31-18. to Ohio State is either lost or only won by seven when they went to Madison, Wisconsin on the road. Chris, let's look at this statistically tonight. You want to begin with the Buckeyes or the Badgers? No, let's start with the Badgers tonight, Eric. I always start with the Buckeyes. Let's change it up. Sounds good. Okay, so the Wisconsin Badgers come in. They average 396.9 yards per game on offense. That's good enough for 64th best in college football. They actually have a third down conversion rate of 
43.4%. Red zone scoring, they're 88.9%, good enough for 33rd in the nation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Total defense, they allow 334.1 yards per game. They have a turnover margin of negative one. And penalties per game, 5.86. Now, individual statistics, the passing game, which was to be led by Tanner Mordecai, is now led by Braden Locke. Locke has completed 37 of 72 passes for 370 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. The running game, that's led by Braylon Allen. No surprise there. One of the best in the Big Ten. 120 rushes, 704 yards, eight touchdowns this season. Will Pauling is their top receiver with 37 catches, 398 yards, and a touchdown. Defensively, well, they're led in tackles by, with 70 by Hunter Wohler. Sacks, Daryl Peterson has three and a half to lead the team. Interceptions, four interceptions by Ricardo Holman. Guys, this guy can uh, track that ball. And defensive touchdowns, Holman also has one of those as well. Kicking, Nathaniel Vakos is 11 of 12 on field goals with a long of 52 yards, and he has yet to miss an extra point going 19 of 19. So let's switch <laughs> over to Ohio State. <clears throat> okay, following that big uh, win versus the Nittany Lions last week, we actually gained just a hair on our total yards per game. We're at 431.9 yards per game. Good enough for 39th best in the nation. We are now completing 42.9% of our third down conversions. That's good for 45th. Red zone scoring, 82.1%. Total defense, this is where it gets, gets good, guys. 260.1 yards per game we're giving up. That's fourth best in the nation. Turnover margin. We are dead even right now. We have a zero turnover margin. And then penalties per game, we're averaging 6.57, which is 85th in the country. Now, individually, Kyle McCord comes in leading the passing game, 131 of 205. He's got 1,937 yards, 12 touchdowns, and an interception. Somehow, the rushing game is still led by Travion Henderson, 44 carries for 295 yards and five <laughs> touchdowns. Marvin Harrison Jr., or as Eric likes to refer to him, Maserati Marv. <laughs> he comes in leading the team in receptions with 42. I couldn't help myself, Eric. I'm sorry. He deserved 42 it. 42 for 766 yards and six touchdowns. Defensively, Tommy Two Thumbs leads the way in tackles. He's got 54 tackles on the season. Our defense sacks leader is actually a defensive end now, guys. Woohoo! JT Tuomaluau has four sacks on the season. We really got to have somebody step up in interceptions because we've got a bunch of guys tied with one. And quite frankly, I'm tired of listing all their names. We've got Josh Proctor, Denzel Burke, Steel Chambers, Lathan Ransom, and Jermaine Matthews Jr., all with one interception. Same thing on those defensive touchdowns. We've got Josh Proctor, Tyreek Williams, Jermaine Matthews Jr., all with one defensive touchdown. Kicking, we got Jaden Fielding. He's 9-10 on field goals with a long of 41. 
He is 29 of 30 on our extra points. So that is where we are statistically. Aaron, what's it going to look like on the field? Yeah, Aaron, tell us what it's going to look like today, huh? I think there's going to be guys in pads. Oh, yeah? Some in in white and and silver helmets. Other guys in, like, red jerseys and white helmets with a stupid W on it. And then uh, they tackle each other. It is a dumb W. It is. It's the worst one. It's much better than their old W. That was really bad. Yeah, that looked like somebody just took, like, electrical tape and just kind of pieced it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I actually – I think I watched – I think I watched a special – uh, when I was on vacation one time, um, about how that oh, what's his name? The old coach there was the athletic director, Barry Alvarez. Alvarez, when he got there, changed the W to make it more modern for you know for the guys, and it worked. So I mean, whatever. I mean, I I I would love to see them do something with with the Badger. You know? I would too. Just as long as it doesn't look something like cartoony, like what Minnesota well, did with the Gopher. You yeah, know what I'm talking about. It's got but, but Minnesota, yeah, Minnesota's gold helmets are pretty cool. I agree. I agree. I like those. Yeah. Anyways, not to sidetrack. Just uh, what do you want to start with tonight? Let's do something that Wisconsin has not traditionally done well in the past. <laughs> okay, let's throw start the ball. Wisconsin. Let's do that. Let's check it out here. All right. So, new day, new way. Right. Well. Yeah. Wisconsin is no longer three yards in a cloud of dust. Welcome to the t- <laughs> welcome to this century, I guess. Um, what you're going to notice, even without Tanner Mordecai, they can throw the ball a little bit. Um, this first clip, you know, kind of kind of shows that. Even though this is the backup, he delivers a nice pass. He's not bad. Like he can he can throw the ball around a little bit. I'm not saying that he's you know top notch. Uh, we're st- but he's better than what Wisconsin has had in recent years. Okay. We're used to just maybe they'll hit the tight end. Maybe they won't. Um, and then they're going to run the ball about 70 times. Um, that's not the case anymore. Luke Fickle has brought in a different style of offense. So, you know, again, there's really nothing special about what they're doing. It's just a traditional spread zone blocking 10, 11, 12 personnel. Now, um, do you want to go ahead and let's move to the next video? Uh, Let's move to the run play. Okay. You know, and same thing. uh, Let me know when you got that pulled up. Oh, it's uh, it's up. It's playing. Yep. Braylon Braylon Allen's running over people. Perfect. Okay. So, you know, we talked about the old school style that they do or used to do. They can still do it. It's just out of a different look. So you'll see here, I believe they've got one, two, three, four. They got... Uh, 10 personnel here looks like, or 11. I can't really tell. They blend it's together. A, it's a looks like 11, yeah. So you'll see them out of 11 personnel and a shotgun, which is we're not really used to seeing that out of Wisconsin. Uh, that's that's a Luke Fickle change. Uh, but yet you see the same results. Braylon Allen, Allen just trucking people and getting downfield. The kid is dangerous. So it's going to be really important that we wrap this kid up or he's going to do damage. Um, and I just, like I said, I, there, there's no real technical reasons that I picked these. It's not something that they did, you know, extraordinarily well. It's just this is what to look for, this yeah, style of play. This is a great video to remind everybody that if you don't have good technique tackling, this is what could happen. 
Absolutely. Because the first, you know, that linebacker comes in and gets trucked, and then the middle linebacker comes in and goes low, and you just can't arm tackle this guy. Like, you, this is going to be one of those games where you stand him up, and then everybody pursues and game tackles and gang tackles. And I, I, I think this is a Cody Simon game, Aaron. Oh, dude, absolutely. Cody Cody Simon has the potential to blow this game up. Yes. You remember a couple years ago, I think it was Hilliard did the same thing. They brought Mm -hmm. him in as the fourth linebacker, and he had the game of the year against Wisconsin. He was like, just had a, it just played great, right? Yes. This is the same thing. Cody Simon comes in as a third linebacker. Eichenberg and Simon and Steel Chambers, as long as they are sound, gap sound, read their keys, like you said, mm-hmm. and they and they have good technique tackling. This is their. This is going to be feed perfectly for them. Yes, a hundred percent agreed. Um, okay, let's take a look at the next one. I believe this was a pass play for Illinois. Yes. Yep. So, yep. yep. And I, I, again, I didn't pick this play for any particular reason other than to, to kind of illustrate something that I noticed across a lot of Wisconsin's film and it's their secondary. It, it, they put me in the mind of Penn state's defense, but not quite as good. They, you know, they'll, they'll get the job done for the most part, but they're not going to limit Marvin Harrison. And if a Mecca book is back, that's he, even more he should be. Yeah. And Burke yeah. should be back and Henderson mm-hmm. should be back. All all four guys are going to, you know, try to work to play in this game. Now, will all four play? I don't know. But if all four play, I yeah, I just don't see how Wisconsin defensively matches up with our offense other than if they just bring the house and our offensive line is overwhelmed. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Wisconsin's D line is not bad. But I would say Penn State was better. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I know football's a game of matchups. Understood. Got it. But I just don't see it happening. They're going to get – don't get me wrong. They're going to get home every now and then just like Penn State did. But the way that the offensive line is starting to improve, they're getting better. They're still not where I would like them to be, and I'm 100% sure they're not where everybody else, including Coach Day, wants them to be yet. But they're, they are getting better. Okay, mm-hmm. um, including in the run game. So I just, you know, again, I just don't see a great matchup here. I'm with you, Eric. I just don't see a great matchup here for Wisconsin against our offense. And it, understand our offense is, is, I don't want to call them lame, but it's not what it's been in recent years. Everybody's tracking. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this is a game we could get into the 30s in, in my opinion. All right, we got this. Uh, we got one more, uh, yep, fi- one uh, more on the run here. So Wisconsin trying to stop a running play. Yep, and this is to my point that I was just making. You know, we're getting better at running the ball, and this is Illinois. Okay, and I understand it's Bert, his former team. Okay, maybe he knows some ins and outs, maybe not, but I don't know what his all-time record against Luke Fickle is, regardless of who he coached, but. This just illustrates that our run game is getting better, okay? And Wisconsin is not the Wisconsin of old. They, I, they're susceptible to the run now. Illinois gashed them up, okay? And this is Illinois we're talking about. No disrespect, but they're not good. That is not a good football team. And Illinois gashed Wisconsin up during this game. I think we have a shot to do something similar. 
I want to say that Burt is now 0-2 against Fick because Fickle was the head coach in 2011 mm, on the yeah. Hail Mary play yeah. with Braxton. And mm. I think he was the head coach of Wisconsin still. Okay. So, I couldn't yeah. remember that far back on who the Wisconsin coach was. But, yeah, that makes sense. So, that yeah, that one's, that one's kind of interesting. All right, before we go to a commercial break, I do want to ask you guys this question about this game. If Travion Henderson is healthy and ready to go, does that change your perspective or your mindset of our offense against this defense going into this game? Chris, I'll start with you. Maybe a little bit because as we saw from the video clip, it looks like you can actually run the ball outside the tackles on these guys. It looks like you can get wide on these guys. So the versatility, the speed of Travion Henderson, I think, could come into play and add another dimension to the offense. Aaron. Yeah, I agree with Chris. Um, Travion's speed is pretty much unmatched in, as far as their other running backs go. And if Illinois was able to do those types of things to them, you know, a, a combination of, of uh, Chip – and then Travion, you sprinkle in a little Mayan Williams in there, and I, you know we're going to have them. They don't know; they're not going to know which way to, to turn with this. Because I mean, Chip can get to the edge too. Yep. Mayan does pretty well with it as well. He's not slow, but he's not Travion either. But he gets there. Right. Um, so I mean, I could see this being a really good game running the ball for us. I also like Xavier Johnson coming around the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those jet That's sweeps may too. actually work this week. Mm-hmm. They might. They just might. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, of course, you know, I would say that Luke Fickle and the defensive coaches there in Wisconsin are spending a lot of time trying to figure out how they're going to stop uh, marvelous Marvin Harrison. He is not a Maserati. That is the dumbest nickname <clears throat> It's just terrible. It's really, really bad. Um, they're spending a lot of time trying to figure out how that they are going to match up with their personnel against him. Do you foresee Wisconsin, which I do not think this is their forte, playing a more zone to try to prevent that? And if so, does that play into Ryan Day's play calling? Because it kind of allows us to maybe hit those gaps in the running game a little. Aaron? Um, I think they're going to run a lot of disguised and mixed coverages. And the way that you shut down Marvin is by shutting down Kyle McCord. Well, if you rattle Kyle McCord, we've seen what happens. You know, he he already underthrows the ball. And if they put pressure on him and they're getting home, I could see a lot of blitzing happening. So if they're getting home on Kyle, he's not going to throw a great ball, which obviously – detrimental to Marvin's numbers. So um, I think that, yeah, if, if Wisconsin is successful in that game plan, I think that certainly does kind of uh, force Ryan Day to adjust his play calls. So maybe we see more runs. Maybe um, if a Mecca is 100% or close to it, I know you said he looks like he's going to play. Um, maybe we look more to that. Uh, he was this close to playing last um, week. Maybe. He tried. He, he won it on the field. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, like I said, man, I, I just think that it maybe it's maybe it's a little more Cade Stover to open it up. Maybe Ryan Day runs the ball a lot, and they change their coverages. Um, 
you know, with Kyle McCord being new and I get that he's, you know, what's seven games in now at this point, mm-hmm. there's still a learning curve for him. And sure. that's, you know, recognizing disguised coverages as the ball's being snapped is a difficult skill that not very many quarterbacks really develop. If we had not made the trip to Notre Dame, I would be even more worried about this game than I already am. I agree. Because this is going to be, I think, an atmosphere with the potential to be like South Bend, Indiana was. You know, it's an intimate setting. It's an old school Big Ten team. They get rowdy at night. Um, They're going to get loud. A lot of Buckeyes talk about that this is probably outside of going into Penn State on a whiteout, the next best, hardest atmosphere to play a game in on the road. Um, So that worries me. Ryan Day's not – you know, experienced this before. Although I loved in his press conference today, he brought up the fact he brought up uh, 2017 uh, Iowa and 2018 Purdue as this is a kind of game where if you don't bring your A game, you could get beat on the road in the Big Ten at night. So mm-hmm. I like that he's thinking that way already. Um, Chris, I'm going to ask you to put your coach's hat on here for one more question before we go to a commercial break. If you're Ryan Day and you're calling the plays on Saturday, are you running the football to open up the pass or are you passing the football to open up the run? <clears throat> you know, as much as I would love to say run the football to open the pass because I'm an old school guy, that's just not in Ryan Day's character. I really feel that this team was built as a pass first team, and I think that's what you try to do. You go out and see if you can take the top off the defense, try to open them up a little, get those guys to play back, uh, you know, and try to keep that extra helmet out of the box. And I think you attack them through the air to see if you can open up the run. Because let's look at the numbers. I mean, statistically here, we have not been strong in the run game. I think we need to loosen up that, that defense a little bit. And like I said, as much as I'd like to say, Let's run the ball to set up the pass. I think this team's just built the other way around. We're going to have to use the pass to set up the run. Here's why that here's why that <clears throat> philosophy scares me a little bit. The worst quarter that that Kyle McCord has in every single game is the first. Correct. He gets better as the game goes on. Well, you and, know, Kyle, he likes to be at least back five yards, ten yards behind the starting point and uh down by a field goal before he really likes to get going. Yeah, so 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 you know the Kyle McCool comes out when his back's against the wall, you know, not at the beginning of the game when the score is zero zero and you can go, you know, take a big lead. That's that doesn't seem to be his uh, his mo this year. Um, so I, if I'm Ryan Day, the only thing that gives me hesitation about what you presented, Chris, is that right there. And if I've got Travion, I would want to see if maybe we can't punch him in the mouth early on the run and then let Kyle and, 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 uh, and uh, Marvin really get one-on-one coverage. If, again, I, I made the statement with you when we were watching the game, Chris, over and over again. Ohio State's offense is, where's Marv? Yeah. Get, where's Marv? Get him the football. He wins you the football game. And it's, it's working, right? So, uh, 
maybe you're right. Maybe that's how we start in the first quarter. But the only thing that gives me hesitation is it seems like Kyle is off the mark. Usually well, that's that's where Ryan Day has to set Kyle up to succeed early. So if you're going to pass the ball, get some little swing passes across the line of scrimmage. It, those don't always work. <laughs> get your, Get yourself maybe some quick outs, some quick slant patterns, just something that you can use short to get the get the kids some confidence going early. Yeah, this is where if Wisconsin's playing a deep zone, <clears throat> you you look for Stover to go sit, yes. go out five yards, turn around, sit down, right? He you is know. a security blanket like no other. Oh, gosh. He really he's, is. Yeah, he's like that little blanket that uh, – Linus carries that, around. Yeah, Linus <laughs> carries around that blanket. He, that's, that's yeah, There you go. That's Stover, man, for Kyle, Kyle McCord. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, if you're listening to the audio version, we're going to have our cross-pollination. We're going to go ahead and have a quick interview with uh, Badger Notes, uh, the uh, Big Banters uh, Wisconsin podcast. And then we're going to come back for our predictions. So hang tight, everybody, as we go ahead and cue up the commercial. Got to find it here. Here we go. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. And welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. As you can see, I'm now joined by our special guest. It's Brandon Cooper from Badger Notes After Dark Podcast from the Big Banter Network. And Brandon is a frozen pizza connoisseur. So we're definitely going to talk about that tonight. Two big guys. We love our hey. pizza, so we're gonna we're gonna definitely chat about that. And being from the fact that you're from the land of cheese, I mean, you probably have a leg up in this uh, in this conversation when it comes to oh, pizza. Yeah. I'm saying so. Uh, let's dive in by talking a little bit about the big game this Saturday night on NBC between the team you cover and Wisconsin, the team that I cover in Ohio State. This is a big one for both teams. Now, Ohio State's coming in with this with a lot of momentum, Brandon. They are undefeated. Big win over Penn State. You guys have had a couple games where it was close but no cigar. But yet, first year under former Buckeye Luke Fickle. And this is one game, Brandon, that when the se- before the season started, we had it circled, highlighted. This was one game we were worried about. 
We don't do well when we go into Madison. Last three times we were there, we have a loss, and we have two games where we won by seven points. Yep. So you break this down from a Wisconsin perspective. Where are the Badgers at mentally getting ready for this football game? Well, probably coming off the biggest win of the season for the Badgers last week against Illinois with a backup quarterback scoring 18 unanswered in the fourth quarter to really keep our hopes live in the Big Ten West, especially with Iowa losing on what was an absolute garbage call. That's not a fair catch, but that could be another discussion for another time. Um, So emotions were riding high after last week. After the week before that, we got absolutely embarrassed by Iowa. And I think it was like depression across the whole state of Wisconsin. Morale was real low. And then you go, like I said, you go back to last week, huge win. Big guy touchdown for the win, too. I can appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love big guys, dude. Love to see an offensive tackle score the game-winning touchdown. Um, So then we're riding at an all-time high coming into Ohio State week. And that's where I have to really just check my expectations of this Badger team. What I've watched all season, it's been a lot of up and down below expectations for the Badgers at the beginning of the season, just considering like the coaching change and kind of the new style um, we're playing and everything. But Ohio State's just better. It's they're 14 and a half points favorites. And I'm, I'm probably going to throw a recreational wager on Ohio State to cover in this game. Really? Would it yeah. surprise you, Brandon, if I told you that my prediction's 28-20, Ohio State only by eight? No. I guess it wouldn't surprise me. Like you said, Ohio State tends to kind of struggle mm-hmm. up at Camp Randall. But I just – our offense, I don't know. Like Braden Locke, our new quarterback, played really well against Illinois yeah. last week. He looked good in that in – that, yeah. that, in the second half, man, he was he, – he showed some moxie. Yeah, he had some throw. He had one down the left sideline to Skyler oh, Bell at the end of the game. That was on the nose. Absolute man. double cheeker. Yeah. Beautiful throw. I was screaming in my apartment running around when you made that throw. So, you, you know, it's like, oh, he's got the arm talent to do that. Illinois' defense is good. They're not Ohio State. And especially, I thought Penn State was the second best team in the Big Ten this whole season. I thought Ohio State was maybe a little overrated. Well, they shut me up real fucking quick last week. <laughs> that was an eight-point game, but if you watched it, that was not an eight-point game. No, it wasn't. That was a uh, boat racing that Penn State was able just to keep close enough. Our defense is really, really good. Yeah, that's um, what scares me. It's our offense that it seems like it takes them a, a quarter, a quarter and a half to wake up, and then they finally realize they got Marvin Harrison Jr. on their yeah. team. It's like just give them the football, you know, like wherever. I was telling my wife was watching the game with me and my my co-host Chris. I was like, our offense is literally right now. Where's Marvin Harrison giving them football? Uh, and if he's one, not a bad problem to have. Right. And if he's one on one, what are you doing? Like, I yeah. I could not. I was laughing at Penn State trying to guard him one on one. I was like, you guys are just I couldn't believe yourself. it. Yeah, no. And that's what worries me about the Badgers. You said Ohio State starts out slow this year. The Badgers start out slow. Definition of a second half team like down or up seven at the half against Georgia Southern. And I think they ended up winning by like twenty one. Down a couple scores against Wazoo in a game they lost, and they ended up coming back and making it a one-possession game at the end of the game. Same with Buffalo. I forget the score that at halftime. We might have been up by like seven, and we won 38-17. to 17. And even last week, 18 
unanswered points in the fourth quarter against Illinois, and 14 of those were in the last eight minutes of the game. So that's what really worries me is how slow Wisconsin starts and how good Ohio State's defense is. And then the Badgers' defense is it's pretty good. It's not like in the last decade with like Jim Leonard, Dave Aranda. Those mm-hmm. defenses like, oh, we played Wisconsin this week. We got a problem. They got a bunch of NFL guys on the defense. Well, that's not the case this year. Unfortunately, it's kind of tough to watch as a Badger fan, but hey, it is what it is. Um, but back to Marvin Harrison, that's that's what scares me. Like we have uh, Rico Hallman, yeah, our top corner, pr- probably an NFL guy, very good player. Yeah, I just don't. I like you said, why would you even trust anyone against Marvin Harrison Jr. one on one? So I don't trust him against Harrison Jr. one on one. I hope I'm wrong. Sounds like we're going to get a, a Mecca Buka back as well. Yeah, I, you know, uh, Carnell Tate, who was a who played as a freshman last week, he's a five star freshman. He's coming along nicely and giving us that that insurance that we need. Um, not that we needed a whole lot more out of that room. That room is absolutely yeah. sick. But our running game this year has been a head scratcher, and that is not the case with you guys. We no. know what we're going to see. Um, what do you think Luke Fickle's approach will be offensively attacking this Ohio State defense? Is it going to be a traditional run? Is he trying to spread things out more? Like, what what are we looking at for Ohio, the Ohio State fans who've not got to see Wisconsin play yet this year? A lot of short passing, which you ask a lot of coaches, that's basically just a run. So however you want to decipher that, that's up to you. But a lot of short passes, way too many swing passes to Braylon Allen. Every Wisconsin fan goes nuts over that. It's maddening. But, yeah, it's more of a spread concept, um, a lot quicker tempo. If you haven't watched Wisconsin play this year and you've been watching the last decade, you, you're you going to think it's a whole different sport that we're playing. <laughs> it's it's wild. Um, but still, we're spreading them out, and Braylon Allen, I think he ran the ball like 28 times last game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't help. Ches Malusi, our backup uh, running back, broke his leg yeah. early in the season. And then Tanner Mordecai, who's actually the third leading rusher on the team, broke his hand two weeks ago. So it's Braylon Allen or bust. And he's been a little banged up lately. So we'll see. Hopefully he can stay healthy. But a lot more passing um, than teams are used to. And then I said it on our show the other day, just with the backup quarterback, Braden Lott. Like, to me, in a game like this, what do you have to lose, man? You're the backup quarterback. No one expects anything from you except to be like, oh, hey, maybe he's the guy next year. Right. Go out there and let that like fucking sling the ball around and see what happens, man. You're playing Ohio State. Yeah. So. I just I don't know. I just Ohio State's defense is so good. I have trouble like wrapping my head around how we're going to move the ball this game. But I said the same thing last weekend. Uh, Braden Locke moved moved the ball pretty well. And Braylon Allen had almost 150 rushing yards. So. Mm-hmm. If we want to beat Ohio State, Allen needs to have close to 150 rushing yards again. To me, that's the only way. So going into the season, uh, when I was interviewing another uh, Wisconsin podcast um, before you guys really got up and running, they were they were telling me I needed to pump the brakes on this Badger team. I had you guys going ten and two, went in the West. Yeah, yeah. And and he they were, they were right. Yeah, they said, hey, you need to pump. And, and maybe some of it was the fact that I just I looked at the West as so. Uh, garbage bipolar maybe is the word for it i just yeah it's it's so it's so just like i don't even want to use the word even because it's 
Um, it's just for, bad. It's bad. I'll tell you. Oh, I'll say it for you. All right. It's thank bad. you. It's embarrassing. So, so I still think Wisconsin, despite what happens this weekend, can still win the West because Iowa literally has no offense. Brian yeah. Ferentz is, is holding that entire uh, fan base hostage, in my opinion. It's the um, funniest thing to me ever. As a Wisconsin fan, it's got to be, right? funniest thing. Especially <laughs> that, like, before they lost last week, they could have theoretically made the playoff without scoring over uh, 25 points a game, which is the number in his contract. Or else his yeah. dad has to fire him. <laughs> it's hilarious. I love it. It is bad. It's bad. Um, I, yeah, I bet you do as a Wisconsin fan. I love it. I'm a Ohio State fan. Um, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't like Iowa for some reason. I don't like their fans. Hate them. Anyways, um, I've never had any interaction with Minnesota fans, so I'm interested in how, how that yeah, goes. Don't. But- <laughs> you just tell me straight up, don't. No. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about Luke Fickle, because um, he's definitely, I would say, the the cog that is is um, holding the Wisconsin program and the Ohio State program in close regards. Um, so I don't know if you knew this or not, but um, Luke Fickle or Luke Fickle is somebody who. I don't know him personally, but I know people who know him who are very close to him, and I know them personally because I'm related to them because they played together in Ohio State uh, at Ohio State. And I know for a fact that when Urban Meyer was going to step down, Ryan or uh, Gene Smith, the athletic director at Ohio State, never even gave Luke Fickle a phone call, which is crazy. Yeah, uh, he was at Ohio. He was at Cincinnati, and when when Luke left. Ohio State as the defensive coordinator to go be the head coach at Cincinnati. He he did so under the pretense that one day he would come back yeah. as the head coach at Ohio State because they told him he didn't have any head coaching experience, right? He needed to get head coaching experience. And then so he, he took go, a team to a playoff. He goes down I-71 Cincinnati, which we don't even acknowledge here at, in Columbus, you know, like we call him Northern Kentucky, right? <laughs> and he – takes them to the CFP the year we don't even go and and he gets all that coaching experience and then Urban Meyer has his little uh, head problem steps down and Gene Smith goes with Ryan Day who had zero head coaching experience and that ticked Luke Fickle off and he was waiting for the right job to come back to the Big 10 could have went to Michigan State said that's not the right one yeah, thankfully Wisconsin, he didn't go there. When yeah, right. When Wisconsin opened up, he jumped on it, and immediately here in Columbus, Ohio, we all went, "Uh oh, yeah." We know what this guy has. Like we know what he can do. He takes three star recruits and makes them NFL draft draftees. Yeah, they had like seven draft picks on that team that went to the playoff. I think. Yeah, Something crazy like that for Cincinnati. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he did that, that. He was notorious of going to Urban Meyer and being like, I want this guy. And Urban goes, he's not good enough recruiting. He goes, oh, yes, he w- is. Trust me. And he and Urban would be like, fine, you can have one. And he yeah. would take that guy and become an all-Big Ten, second-team All-American, get drafted in the NFL, and he was a three-star out of Central Ohio, right? Yep. So we know what the guy can do. What does the fan base at Wisconsin right now think of Luke Fickle? I mean – I think we're all still all in on fickle in this program. It's just like you said, the expectations were just too high at the beginning of the season. 
And it's because we've been dealing with the same thing since I've been alive, basically, at Wisconsin football, aside from like a couple Barry Alvarez, Rose Bowls, and a couple other big bowl wins. Like we win nine games, eight to 10 games usually as Wisconsin, have some stupid loss, can never really beat Michigan and Ohio State, except that little run Michigan had when they blew. But like we were just used to, it was the same thing. Like we had plateaued. So it's like, oh, now we got, not that he's younger, but kind of a new generation of like coach coming to Wisconsin. We hired Phil Longo as offensive coordinator, completely changed our offense. All the success he had at Cincinnati, like a lot of fans, and I even got caught up in a little bit like myself. What do you do? It's easy. You just get, you get caught up in the hype and it's like, oh man, we might win like nine games. Badger 75 to one before the season to make the playoffs may have sprinkled some money on that, that I regret, but no, we're still, still all in on fickle. The biggest thing is, and you can see it after week one, it's like, Ooh, this system doesn't work without his guys. Like you can win games, you can beat teams you're supposed to beat, but you can clearly tell there's players who stayed at Wisconsin who should have entered the transfer portal. (laughs) And one of them too, that's the biggest surprise to me. Is our left tackle, Jack Nelson, um, was like a second round, third round graded guy coming into this year. Like NFL prospect, needed a big year, may have kicked the right tackle in the league. But anywho, NFL prospect. Sure. Well, the season he's having this year, he might get, he might not get drafted. Wow. It's been bad. Every game, there's two or three big plays we have or two or three just killer penalties that he has. And it's, I think it's the system, like a spread. He's just not a spread offense kind of tackle. Yeah. He's so that's the to... biggest problem. Yeah. So it's, it's funny. Um, you mentioned that you bring that up and, and tell me, tell me if I'm right, but it sounds like to me that these guys are really good run blockers and they're, they're, they're learning, they're having to learn how to pass block better. Yeah. And, and at Ohio state, we're the exact opposite. Like we pass block really, really well. Cause I think that's literally what Ryan day works on 75, 80% of the time is passing plays and then when it comes to running the football we get no push and we do this zone blocking thing and and if the running back doesn't hit the right hole it's a two-yard loss and it's like what are we doing yeah and it's it's almost the exact opposite of what you guys sounds like you guys are dealing with and so half the time we're like just throw the stupid football like (laughs) come on it's what we're good at but uh that's that's funny that's that's really interesting there so um, okay, let's talk about this. Next year, no divisions, right? So uh, I think you guys got a very good chance to win the West. We'll see how it, we'll say it shakes out because after us, you got like Nebraska, Indiana, Northwestern, and then Minnesota, and then Minnesota if I'm right. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So Minnesota might be a decent decent game. That's always think, a tough game. I don't care if they're defeated. That's always going to be a tough game. Uh, the other three games you should walk through, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Literally. Um, so. Yeah, so you're looking at probably three, your nine and three record. Do you think that's good? And I mean, and then what would that be? Uh, eight and two? No, not seven and two. Yeah, and seven and two or something like that, or eight. Yeah. Um, we need Iowa to, to lose again. You need Iowa lose to lose again. again. Yeah, and they have a pretty easy schedule, I think, the rest of the season too. So, uh, not great. Okay. All right. I was just curious what you guys were thinking there, but hey, all right. after last week though, I got all the hope I need. A couple plays go our way, and you never know. I mean, it was like um, if, if a team could, if a team could score the football, they're gonna beat them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I forget what year it was. I believe Ohio State was ranked number one 
when David Gilreath returned a kickoff for a touchdown to open the game. And it was up in Camp Randall, like, oh, six, oh, eight, maybe. And Wisconsin was like number 17 at the time. But Gilreath takes the opening kickoff for a touchdown. And you're like, that's what we needed right there. That's what we needed. We're in this game. So if something like that happens early in the game for Wisconsin, special teams touchdown, like a defensive touchdown, or Ohio State, someone you never want to see anyone get injured, but say Marvin Harrison has to leave the game. That helps us. I'm not going to lie. That just is what right. it is. But you never want to see it. I love Marvin Harrison. He's awesome. I think he's the best player in the country. But something like that needs to happen if we want to win this game. I said on our uh, podcast, the first one we did, it was like a just futures and kind of going over the schedule. I was like, the only way Wisconsin wins this game is if Marvin Harrison Jr. has like pneumonia or something. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. He might go for 200 yards. I just unless we triple team the guy. Yeah, so he he's on a he's on a pretty good streak right now. Um, one hundred and three games, I think. Uh huh. And he had like uh, a buck sixty last week. Yeah, he uh, broke a record last week uh, for most receiving yards, most um, most times with one hundred and sixty or more receiving yards in a game, uh, which was which was literally held by David Boston. Going that's going back. David wow, Boston. What, broke, what a name! Yeah, broke that record. Um, you know, we've had a really good string of, of wide receivers. You know, you go, I think that's putting it lightly. You go, Michael Thomas, you know, Chris Olave, uh, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, the last Smith couple of years. Jigba, like he started out slow his first year, but still. Yeah. You know, he had a really good sophomore campaign, then got hurt against Notre Dame, was out for basically the rest of the year uh, last year. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, uh, after I mean, Michael Thomas, there was Terrell Pryor had a thousand yards receiving in the NFL. Let's just throw that out there. There you go. There you go. That's right. And he never, he never caught one pass at Ohio State. No. Uh, um, Braxton Miller. I mean, got a lot of tattoos at Ohio State, though. <laughs> yes, for free. Yeah, <laughs> for free. That got Jim Tressel fired. Um, he sure did. So uh, all you know. But speaking of Jim Tressel, you know, we were talking on our show that during Tressel's you know, years, which was, you know, basically 2000 to 2010, uh, Wisconsin was our biggest rival. That was the game, yeah. man. That was the game. And yep. then Urban's, Urban's rival was Michigan State. D'Antonio would get him. Yeah. D'Antonio got him a couple times. And then, um, and then currently right now we're on a nine game winning streak against you guys, two of which were in the big 10 championship. Um, what what is is there a mental block a mental hurdle there with you guys in Ohio State what what's up with that is it just talent and that's what I it think is? it's just I think it's speed yeah yeah talent and speed on the outside we've never had the speed to cover Ohio State skill players never and every time we go to play them like the Big Ten championship that's the same thing it's like well if we can somehow stop the skill players we got a chance but yeah to me it's I guess you could call it talent, but just pure speed and athleticism. We just don't have it. And hopefully fickle in a year or two, we do have that. Or we're just more physical than everyone. You got to be one or the other. And right now we're neither. So I believe I write, a, I write an article every week for Scarlet and game. And one of the categories that I write where I, it's called my confidence level. And I grade five different categories and I put one through 10 on my confidence level and whatever that total is, I double it. And it, that's like a percentage. So I'll be like, Hey, this week I'm at an 82% that we win this football game type of thing. And the X factor this week that I'm going to write about is the atmosphere in camp Randall. I think that's the X factor for this football game. For Ohio, Ohio State fans who've never been there, what is it like on a Saturday night? 
At the stadium or outside the stadium? Both. I mean, you tell me. Like the atmosphere of this game is is big. It big. Oh yeah, yeah the atmosphere of this game's going to be massive. To say uh, Camp Randall's been a tough place to go play the past few seasons would be a massive overstatement. Mm. The student section, even for basketball, just it's been lacking the past couple of years. Unless there's a huge game like this, so. I think the stadium will be rocking a little bit, but not. it's not like you're going to the big house or anything, you know? Like, you don't have to worry about something like that. Um, the atmosphere outside of Camp Randall, all day, night game, Wisconsin, there's going to be so many drunk people. It's going to be <laughs> ridiculous. I'd love to see the number of arrests before the game. Oh, okay. It, it's going to be a massive party, and everyone's going to be, you know – all up on their high horse, thinking we're going to beat Ohio State. And then the game's going to start at 6.30, and we'll see. I think it might go a little south. But, yeah, the atmosphere around the game is going to be rocking. In the game, air can get taken out of that stadium real quick. Yeah. That's 6.30 Central Standard Time for all of you who are watching here in Ohio. 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. (laughs) I always forget Ohio. Like, uh, me and time zones, man. Me and Alec from the um, Rutgers podcast. Yeah, oh, okay, we were trying yeah. to get something going. And he was like, hey, could you do like noon today? It was like a Friday. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll just work from home for the second half of the day. And so it's like 11. And he was like, hey, man, ready to hop on, when, you know, whenever. It's like, yeah, man, I'll be on at noon. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, I got to hop on and do this other show. But like I can, he's like, we can uh, do something at like 1.15 p.m. I was like, 1.15 p.m.? What is he talking about? It's like 11.30. And I was like, oh, he's on the East Coast. Yeah, he's over there in New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, and I always forget Ohio, too. So, yeah. Yeah. 7.30 Eastern Time, 6.30 Central Standard Time, the best time zone in the nation. Over there at the Indiana-Illinois line, there's somewhere over there that breaks. But uh, anyways, let's enough about the game. Let's talk about the real subject here, frozen pizzas. (laughs) Love Uh, them. All right, buddy. So – I want you to give me your rankings here and if and, and tell me, uh, is there anything in the Wisconsin area that is unique to you guys that we wouldn't have here in Ohio? Anything unique? Uh, there's so many. Like, we have Woodman's. I doubt you guys have Woodman's grocery store. Never heard of that. Yeah, yeah. No. I think it's like a Wisconsin, Minnesota thing, mainly Wisconsin. But I, there's literally four aisles of frozen pizza. Wow. We don't, yeah, we don't fuck around here when it comes to frozen <laughs> pizzas. All right, winter, summer, and fall, spring; those aren't really seasons here, I guess. Fall kinda, but every season we got frozen pizzas for you. Um, one that I don't know, unique. I feel like it's kind of popular. Those like lots of matzo. Do you guys have those down there? No, that's that's unique to me as well. Those are pretty big up here. Um, a meals. That's a big like bar pizza mm-hmm. up here. Um. Other than that, it's kind of just like smaller things like brew house, like pub, frozen pizzas, kind of little niche things. Um, my rankings, though, it's funny because we were on the Illini cast last week and um, I forget who it was. I think it was Austin was his name. Mm-hmm. I'm terrible with names. But he asked me what my favorite frozen pizza was. First person to ask me that. So I was kind of stoked. Um, my favorite frozen pizza, though, it's a brand called Bellatoria. And it's oh, a brand I've heard of that. Yeah. It's a breadcrumb, artesian, thin crust, sausage, and uncured pepperoni. You throw a little Italian seasoning on that bad boy, some crushed red pepper flakes, 
they're in the oven. I like I like to throw them about 400, 415 for 20 minutes. I like it a little crispy. Ooh, baby. I might make one after this. I got one in the freezer. <laughs> there you go. Got but you got you going. That's number one. Number two, um, freshetta. You ever heard of the yes, freshetta? I, yeah. Uh-huh. Big freshetta. They got a five cheese kind of like square pizza. Love me some um, freshetta. Uh, another one, Emil's, the breakfast pizza for Emil's. Mm. Yeah, very good. Or the um, ultimate pork. I think it's the ultimate porker, like meat wagon, just. A name when you read it as a big fella, you're like, yep, that's up my alley. Yeah. Uh-huh. So love me some meals. Um, God, I'm trying to think what else after that that I've been eating. Like in a pinch, like something like a DiGiorno is not bad. Like I don't mind that. Like we were kind of talking before, like a Red Baron. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll mess around with some Red Baron. I will never cook a Jack's in my oven. <laughs> Jackson garbage. Jackson Orves. You ever heard of Orves? I've not heard of Orves, but we Jacks. There's a lot of Jacks here in the Krogers here in, in Columbus. Yeah, it's a disgrace to society. I wouldn't feed it to my dog. <laughs> but an or- Orves is even worse, Eric. It's like ten for ten at Woodman's for like full frozen pizzas. Ten uh-huh. for ten. That's how you know it's bad. Yeah, it's. Yeah. That's less than the three-minute Kroger brand pizza that you can get yeah. off of the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's yeah. hilarious. It's not good. What about you? What is your uh, frozen uh, pizza? I'm, I'm, a big, I'm, a, I'm a big Tostitos guy. I really am. Uh, I, like the, I like the little squared pepperonis. I don't know why. I love those. Yep. Those, those just hit me right on a frozen pizza. I, I'm good, a good DiGiorno. Um, what about, I think it's called California wood fire or something like never that. Never had it. I've seen it. Never tried it. I need to but dabble. If you do go with, make sure you get the thin crust and I'm a thin crust guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like just their plain pepperoni. And then I like to put on that one, my own toppings. So oh, I love doing that. I love spicing up a frozen pizza. Yeah. I'll get real wild. I'll get like, um, some fucking gobble ghoul from the grocery store, some Jardinier. Throw some of that on my frozen pizza, a little softened you're, pepperoni. You're making it like yeah, like a like a uh, what do they call those? Uh, um, uh, anyways, I can't think of the word when it's like uh, where the where the chefs like really dazzles them up, makes yeah, them, like chef's choice. It's off yeah. off the menu item, if there you will. You go. Yeah, but I love spicing go. up, love spicing up a frozen pizza. Do you guys have a Donato's? Or is no. that okay? So Donato's is a Columbus thing. Then. Not that I've heard of, at least. Yeah, so check out Donato's. It's Columbus's pizza. People in Columbus will either love it or they hate it. Okay. There's no in-between. And there are people who used to live here when they come back, the very thing they want is a Donato's pizza. So, like, for instance, Wargo, Mike Wargo, who is, like, the Rudy of Ohio State who comes on our show, good friend of mine, and he lives in he lives in Pittsburgh, and he came back this weekend for the, the Penn State game. Yeah. And uh, he, you ever do? You've been to Pittsburgh? I go two, three times a year. Have you ever ever ate at Mike's Beer Bar across from PNC Park? Yes, I have. Delicious food. Steak on a stone. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's phenomenal, dude! One of the best meals I've ever had. Yeah. There you go. I everybody. I'm like Pittsburgh. We live three and a half hours from Pittsburgh. We will drive to Pittsburgh to eat there. Yeah. For dinner. It's that good. Anyways, he said, Hey, when I get back to Columbus, I've got to go get a Donato's pizza. And I was so it's like it's one of those things. You either love it 
or you hate it. Yeah. But check that out. That's kind of like Columbus's thing. It's it's uh, Columbus is more of a thin crust pizza town. Yeah, love me a thin crust. And they and they cut in squares. Hey, I was just about to ask you, are you a triangles or a squares guy? So being from Columbus, I'm a squares guy. Thank that's, you. That's how we that's how we roll. That's how adults eat pizza. Uh agree or disagree. Chicago deep crust is terrible. It's garbage. I think most people from Chicago would agree that deep dish is the worst. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, what about what New York? Oh. What about New York style? Fold it love, on the plate. I love me in New York style. Okay. I like it because it's just cheap. I mean, I've only been in New York like once that I can remember mm-hmm. a couple times when I was way too young. But yeah, like it's cheap. I like it. A little greasy. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's a pizza um, place down the road from my office called Brooklyn's, and the guy's authentically from Brooklyn, and you buy ooh. it by the slice. And I'm like, that's how you know it's authentic, if you can get it by, get it by the, the slice. slice. Exactly. Yeah, not a lot of places do that. But yeah, you get like a real Italian joint or something like that. Yeah, someone from Brooklyn, you're buying it by the slice. And even if it's like a $5 slice, and you could tell it's like, okay, these people kind of they know what looks like they know what they're doing. A real traditional pizza place. I'll pay five bucks for a slice, no problem. There, there you go, man. Hey, Brad, tell everybody where they can find the Badger Notes After Dark. Uh, the Badger Notes After Dark. Uh, you can find us on mainly YouTube. I think that's where we get most of our viewers. But uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, and then um, you can find all of us on Twitter for extra musings about the Badgers or just anything about random life and. Usually I get a, I'll get a couple highlights in me or highlights in me. And I can tweet some wild shit. So not a bad there, follow every now and then. There you go, man. And I'll definitely <laughs> jump on, on there, Brandon, start following you. That sounds like a lot of fun. And we can start to chat about how terrible some pizza is. Um, <laughs> well, I have, I do have a quick fun fact though. Yeah. You know me. why they started cutting pizza into squares, right? No, I don't tell me, help me out. Uh, the great depression. So you could feed more people. Everyone could get like a slice. Yeah. Brilliant, dude. There you go. We're bringing history. We're bringing football. We're bringing beers, Pittsburgh restaurants. We got it all on this podcast. Yeah. You, you, you know, well, that's well, uh, I, when I, when I, when, if you ever get the chance to podcast with the Purdue guys, uh, the joke is that we literally, when I get on there, it goes off the rails, you know, Purdue Boilermaker trains off the rails. Anyways, um, they're a lot of fun too. And like when Dylan and I podcast, we might talk about football, Yeah, but, but mostly it's something else. But uh, uh, I could see if, if brand, if, if you Brandon and Dylan and I got together that podcast it might break things. <laughs> we might have to big banter might have to like, uh, you know, uh, sue us or something, but right? yeah. hey, you Don't... do know that Barstool sports does a pizza thing. And yeah, if, I've if seen... big banter gets there, you've definitely got to head that up, brother. I'll, I'll be the frozen pizza guy. Yeah. <laughs> there you Not go. A, I'll try. Like I said, we got like four aisles of frozen pizzas at the grocery store. I go to, I'll try every goddamn one of them. You'll be you'll be having all the other podcasts sending you uh, their frozen pizzas in the <laughs> right? mail, so you can rank them from other regions of the Big Ten. And then, and then when then when USC and UCLA join, it's gonna be like really, guys. Yeah, <laughs> you should try this avocado toast pizza. Oh God, <laughs> gluten free. Fuck that. I'm eating a frozen pizza. I want some gluten in my life. Oh my gosh, this has been hilarious, guys. Hey, what's what's your score? What's your score for Saturday? Um, well, I do like the over, which is 43 and a half. I got the over as well. I think Ohio State wins by three scores. 
I'll go 43 to 20 OSU. Wow. Okay. Lots of points. A lot more than I think there's going to be. All right. Sounds good. Brandon, thank you so much. Appreciate you coming on, Mr. Cooper. We will do this again very soon. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I had a great time. Yep. Have, have, have fun at the game Saturday. Enjoy the game. Oh, we will. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. It's that time uh, where we go ahead and give our predictions. Now, we're coming really close on our scores. At least one of us every week are within points. And our listeners are coming very, very close. But we have yet to have anybody land exactly on the score. Again, quick reminder – Put your prediction in this video down in the comment section. If you're listening to the audio version, go to YouTube.com. Go to YouTube, put at the Ohio Podcast in the search bar. You'll find us. Go to the uh, portion of this video. We usually post it on Thursday night where you'll see the two football helmets. Uh, go to that in the comment section. Put your prediction and if anybody gets the exact score, they will get some cool merch. We just gave away a <clears throat> awesome program from the Penn State, Penn State game this past Sunday. So um, we give away some really cool stuff. And uh, with Chris working in a memorabilia store, we have a lot of opportunities to give away a lot of really cool things. We will continue to do so. So we will give away some really nice OHIO podcast merch if anybody can guess the right score. That being said, here are our predictions for Ohio State-Wisconsin this Saturday on NBC. Aaron's prediction is Ohio State 38, Wisconsin 17. Chris, you went 31-13. I went 28-20. I'm a little bit uh, more scared than you guys are right now. So, uh, Aaron, I'm going to start with you. Give me why you gave the score of 38 to 17. <clears throat> well, uh, the fact that Ryan Day is completely aware of what happens in Big Ten stadiums on the road at night really makes me feel good about it. He is completely aware of the situation. That helps, first of all. Okay. Had he never addressed it, I'd, you know, I'd kind of have some questions. But I've got full faith in this defense. They are really getting it done, and they have proven it week after week after week. And Wisconsin's offense is far less potent than Penn State's with a backup quarterback. I just don't see them scoring that much. Um, Ohio State, I think there's some good opportunities here, uh, especially with the full complement of Marvin, Emeka, Travion, uh, you know, and so on. Denzel Burke being back. I know he plays defense, but – the fact is, is all these guys are back, and that just gives them more weapons. So I, I just don't think they're going to be intimidated by by this Wisconsin team. I, there's just there's just no reason to. They know about Luke Fickle. They know the history. They know the past, and not that it's personal to them necessarily, but I think that that's that is an aspect of this. You know, Wisconsin at one time they pretty much gave us all we wanted every time we played, and I think that the, you know that kind of carries over. We're not just going to forget that history. Um, and I, you know, as always, I think Ryan Day is always trying to score as many points as possible. We just haven't gotten there yet. But I think this week we might get over it. Aaron, you bring up you bring up a good point. Uh, Wisconsin was Trestle's biggest rival. Yeah, they were tough. Yeah, and you know, Michigan State was Urban's biggest <clears throat> rival. And we're we're discovering that the team up north and. Um, 
and uh, spying scouts <laughs> are, uh, are, are Ryan Day's biggest rival at the moment. But, uh, Chris, you said 31-13. Give me a reason, reasoning for your score. I do think we finally – I think our offense is getting better, and when we have a full complement of players back, I think we can bust that 30 mark on this team. Defensively, I have a great faith in our defense. Um, I think that we are just severely too much of a matchup for Wisconsin. I don't look for that. It would not surprise me if they score less than 13. It really would. Um, I just don't feel, as Aaron mentioned, you've got a backup quarterback. You've got a group of guys who just are not the Wisconsin we're used to seeing. And if you look back at last year, you'll remember we were watching that Wisconsin game, I believe in Pittsburgh last year. Yeah, um, a blowout. And until the fourth quarter, we handled Raylan Allen. Mm-hmm. Raylan Allen didn't put up yards until he got a big run late in the fourth against, what was it, the second and third team? Sec- second teamers, yeah. yeah. So I think that we can keep this guy in check. So I just don't look for them to score a lot of points. But what I will say is this. Vegas has this one at 43.5 on the over-under. I took 44. I'm telling you. First time this year, I'm telling you, go ahead and take the over. I think the Buckeyes are going to score a little bit. <laughs> you know, I actually have more points than you do. I have a 48. Um, uh, I, I'm a, I do the history part portion of the, of the intro of this podcast every week the fact that the last three times we've gone to camp randall it's been an l and then a a seven point win and a seven point win has me a little bit um scared um i am more nervous to just be straight up honest with you i am more nervous about this game than i was last week with penn state and i don't know maybe it's because in all summer long i had this one circled as a possible trap game, a game that scares me. I think Luke Fickle's going to do great things there. And even when I would express this to um, the Wisconsin fans and podcasters who we spoke to in our previews at the beginning of the season, uh, oh, late summer, they assured me that that's that it's that this is going to be a year or two rebuild for him. That although the cupboard wasn't bare. There's just not as much in that cupboard as I thought there was, in their opinion. Okay, um, the the injury to Mordecai is not as big of a deal, I think, as a lot of people thought it was going to be. Because number one, I don't think he performed at the level I thought he was going to, and number two, as Aaron pointed out in the video, this guy can throw a pretty good football. Now, will will Jim Knowles dial up some exotic blitzes he's not seen before? Maybe not a ton, but there will be some times some different looks than what maybe he has seen. Like Aaron said last week when we talked at halftime how he was he was slanting the defensive ends and then bringing the linebacker up and around them on like a delayed blitz from the middle, and it just it rocked. The quarterback from Penn State, Aller, it rocked his world, man. He was he was off his game from from the word go, and it really wasn't exotic. It was just different than maybe what he had experienced. I say all that to say this: if this game was played at Ohio State, 
I would give us a 20-point win. I think the Camp Randall effect is a solid 10 to 14-point swing. I really do. And the fact that it's at night and this is their Super Bowl and Luke, Luke Fickle has a huge chip on his shoulder, which we have not talked about yet, which we're going to do right now, has me at 28-20. That's why I'm a little bit closer in my score. Let's talk Luke Fickle. It is well documented that Gene Smith, when Urban Meyer stepped down, never called Luke Fickle to even talk to him about the possibility of coming back to his dream job. That is something that he wears on his sleeve. He doesn't talk about it personally, but I know from a fact through the grapevine that that really pissed him off. He wants this one. Does that take taking that into account? Does that help or hurt Wisconsin, Aaron? Or does it matter? <clears throat> I mean, it plays a factor. You know, emotion is part of the football game. As much as we want to pretend it's not, it absolutely is. Just as much as something like momentum. And emotional play can go one of two ways. It can hurt you or it can help you. You know, when you get emotional on the field and you make poor decisions based on it, penalties start happening. Well, just on the other side of that, if you play inspired uh, the way that Luke Fickle likely wants them to play in this game, good things can happen. Look what happened with Pence or uh, Purdue uh, with, uh, was it uh, Tyler Trent? Tyler Trent, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there was a lot of, they played that game with a lot of emotion and absolutely kicked our butt. So, yes, emotion can definitely play a part in this. Um, as far as it hurting or, you know, I, it matters. I'll just say that. It absolutely matters. Um, but to be fair, the talent does too. You know, Purdue had some kids. Wisconsin's just got Braylon Allen, and I just don't think that's going to be enough. Chris, the Luke Fickle effect is in full effect for the first time since going to Wisconsin against Ohio State. Will it play uh, any – does it play any at all in this game in your mind? I'm sure that it's going to have some effect, but I don't think it's enough to matter. I just look at this team, and this is a team that slid by a bad Illinois team last week. This is a Wisconsin team that scored six points versus Iowa. And Iowa's a pretty good team defensively. But I'm going to tell you what, from what I've seen are. this year, yeah. but, but from what I've seen this year, I think we're better defensively than Iowa. So, Argument can be made. you know, this is a team that I just don't think that Wisconsin has the studs that they need to overcome the talent that Ohio State has. I'm not worried about this game at all. Those guys can jump around till their little hearts are content up there. It's not going to matter. And you know what? They won't even be jumping around after the second quarter because Ohio State's going to have Wisconsin down by two touchdowns at that point. Technically, they don't jump around till after the third quarter. Well, then they're not going to jump around at all, Eric. If they got any fans in the stands left to jump around. 
<laughs> I just see it going that. Really? Yeah, I, I just Wait, don't. I don't feel it. I, I don't either. feel it. I don't think that as much as I love Luke Fickle as a coach, I just don't feel he's got the studs he needs to pull it off at this time. All right, last question. Fun question, guys. All right, here we go. The jump around tradition, cool or stupid, Aaron? Stupid. <laughs> Chris. You know, I hate to agree with Aaron, but he's absolutely right. This is this might be the stupidest tradition in all of college football. No, 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 no. no Purdue's no. got him beat. Purdue. <laughs> I don't know. I might take the, the the big old stupid drum and the shout over shout. over people so jumping around in the stands like morons. I don't know, man. Teams down thirty points. You know? Shout was bad, man. That was it rough, was dude. That was good. rough. Not good. Uh, I'm gonna take House of Pain for the win over Purdue on that one, dude. Yeah. I got to, but it's yeah. still stupid. <laughs> it's just like you know levels. There's the fact levels. that you know who House of Pain is is stupid, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> They're awful. Yeah, they are. One hit wonders. Can you even call it a hit? I, I don't know. I was, I was, dude, I was like five when that song came out. I don't, for some reason, it's still relevant, and I don't know why. <laughs> because of Wisconsin. Because it has why. to be because of Wisconsin. That's how far behind that whole state is. Oh, my gosh. Hey, real quick, guys. The Ohio High School football playoffs begin this Friday. Good. I want to wish good luck to the local Delaware Hayes High School who will be playing um, in, uh, for their second consecutive year in the playoffs. Uh, first time, I think, first time ever they're hosting a playoff game. Uh, so looking forward to hopefully getting a big dub Friday night. Uh, and good luck to all the Ohio high school teams who made the playoffs. This is the most wonderful time of the year if you uh, – got to play high school football and you're in the high school playoffs this is magical man uh these games are these games are a lot of fun yes i went to marion harding we haven't been relative since tim hinton was there so but you were relative (laughs) big time well i wasn't relative i i I went to school there when when we were just horrid my brother played under tim hinton but not me yeah they were they were good then man but uh i didn't play at all <laughs> uh, and Aaron's like, I can tell. <laughs> I wasn't gonna take it there, but <laughs> hey, you have no room to talk, dude. Your alma mater literally brought in a helicopter from James Franklin. Uh, I went to Liberty, dude. I just coached at Olentangy. Okay, all right. <laughs> I just right. still, I'm still ashamed. Okay, that they let that happen. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Wait, that's so uh, hilarious. I still can't get over that. That's, that's so ridiculous. Can you imagine Ryan Day doing that? He'd be like, "No, come on!" Oh my gosh! Enjoy, enjoy the game this weekend, guys. It's gonna be a rare night game. Seems like we we only play them on the road these days. We do get one here in a couple weeks against Sparty at home in in November, which is odd. But uh, looking forward to this one. Hopefully, it goes the way of Chris and Aaron's prediction, and not mine. I don't want a, a nail biter, but it it you know, hey, 
we we're we're in the trestle ball era again, guys. So uh, it's going to happen. What? <laughs> it could be a nail biter and good old defense win us the football game again. All right. Please like, share, subscribe. It really does help the channel. We really do appreciate that. Please share this with all your good Buckeye friends. Let them know about the OHIO podcast. We go live every Sunday night, 8 o'clock Eastern. Make sure you're there for that. Be a part of those great shows. We will review this game this upcoming Sunday night live on Facebook, YouTube, and on Rumble. Again, 8 o'clock Eastern. Until next time, be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH to sing Carmen, Ohio with all your heart. OH! I-O. I-O. Go back. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.